What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am joined once again by my man, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot, buddy, but I am super excited to just, just continue to celebrate these Victory Tuesdays. I mean, it's... I don't know how, how many have I had it right now? Like five, maybe six in a row right now. It's just, yeah. it, this is, I, I know you're not used to this, but this is what winning feels like. It's amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. calm your nerves, <laughs> man. See, he's I'm, get, I'm, I'm just getting ready for Monday. He's getting setting ready the for stage, Monday. man. He's setting the stage because this could be the last episode that me and Chris are friends. Um, I'm kind of setting it up this way that it was nice being buddies with you. And I think this is probably going to end unless my bills win. Then we can be friends again. You know, we had we had one hell of a run, but all good <laughs> things must come to an end. Come to an end, man. The so, sky is falling. Though, as we talked about before the show started, if this game ends in a tie, we're both going to be pissed. I'll be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll ruin the friendship even more. Be like, your team sucks. No, your team sucks. Your team just couldn't win or lose. Yeah, man. What the hell, man? But this is what the people want to hear. I know. You know what? Uh, lately, it's been Buffalo and New England centric on this show. But hey, you know what? You got to talk about the teams that are winning because it's not like I'd be talking about my bills if we were in the basement. So the people want to hear it. We're going to give it to them. The really? Monday night football contest will start it out. Get it out of the uh, right out of the gates, man. Get the fire out of the belly. And I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I, I I mean, I really do believe it. Monday Night Football, it's going to be a massive showing, Chris. I mean, the Bills lost Trey White on Thanksgiving uh, to that ACL. Huge loss. The Bills get Feliciano guard, right tackle Spencer Brown back from the COVID. Star Luta Lele is back also from the COVID. I believe Feliciano was uh, injured. Buffalo's coming off that beat down to New Orleans. The Pats have won six games in a row. Your run game is a beast. Uh, Mac Money Jones, he's starting to spread that ball around, goes for over 300 yards. I mean, Kendrick Bourne is the wide receiver one on your team right now. Where do you want to start, man? Because there's a lot to unpack in this game. Where, where are you going, man? Where are you going first? So the one thing that's really has been the most impressive, I think, is it's is first and foremost, because we talked about Mac Jones earlier in the season, you know, and how he's played. And that just continues. The efficiency is awesome. Uh, but the defense just continues to show out week in, week out. Now, granted, yes, they were going up against a Titans offense that was absolutely decimated with injuries. So obviously, they lost Derrick Henry a few weeks back. No A.J. Brown, no Julio Jones. I mean, they've changed over their running backs three or four times over the last two or three weeks now. So the fact that, you know, Tannehill was even able to manage to throw for 93 yards was pretty impressive on his, on his head. So um, the one that worried me though, is the run defense. The run defense has been atrocious for the Patriots and it has been for a few years now. And when you have Dontrell Hilliard, granted, he broke that really long touchdown run for like 70 yards. Mm -hmm. But when you have both Hilliard and Dante Foreman, rush for over a hundred yards each. Like that's, that's a problem. You need to shore that up. And so I think they will going forward, but that's, that's my only big concern on the defense because the pass rush has just been phenomenal led by none other than that dude with the red sleeves. Mr. Matt Judon. Yeah, man. All you see, all, whenever, if you ever watch a new England Patriot game and the defense that the red sleeves, man, that's all you see flying all over the field. He has legitimately been a beast on wheels this year. What a signing mm. I man. We discussed in the off season. I was begging for the bills to go and get Judon because yeah, you were going to pay up the money to go and get him. But I mean, look what he's willing to offer you for that defense. He is out uh, showing out every, what is it, 11 sacks already career high. Uh, he's just 
balling. I mean, but when we talk about the dynamics of what's going on in this Bills game, and it's in Buffalo, so I'm going to give the edge right away to Buffalo in that respect because it's Bills Mafia, man. I didn't, Mac Money ain't ready for Bills Mafia as much as I think, uh, you know, Mac is good. He's a good talent. He's never seen the likes of my Bills Mafia in, in hometown on, on prime time. Get your popcorn ready because I am ready. I'm interested because – when I talk about Feliciano and Brown, so what is my, uh, like I did on my rant last week, we couldn't protect. The protection has been just garbage since these two have been out, and it's been about two to three weeks since they've had uh, Brown and Feliciano out, and it's a big deal. So now when you see Feliciano and you see the poor play of Dawkins on that line, like last week, Dawkins couldn't block anything. He was just getting run over. He was getting spin moved. And this was causing Allen a lot of problems. But, I mean, they did change up. They went with Matt Breida. They started getting the run game a little bit. At least that's something positive. But you saw kind of a different Bills um, scheme, formation, if you want to say, last week. And, I mean, Breida didn't do uh, crazy things. But, I mean, okay, garbage time, screen pass. But what it did show was the was this speed. Okay? And that's what this Bills team is lacking. This is why I desperately wanted a guy like Travis Etienne. I wanted the speed so that you can complement this pass game that much better because you're high octane because you like to air it out josh allen is not running as much as he used to and i think they realize that 200 million dollar man you're not going to sacrifice him to injury but you got to replicate it somehow so i mean depending on how they're going to go i really do believe they're going to go with singletary and brita again in this contest and with the the run defense that you guys don't really have i mean this could be a game plan where the bills actually focus on the run game yeah, and I think that's a, a really good point. Breida's been very efficient. You know, Singletary been, has been playing well. So I think that that's a way that you can absolutely attack them. Like you mentioned, Allen hasn't been running as much as we've been used to seeing him run. I mean, I've been we've been kind of used to seeing him obviously not get up to like Lamar Jackson numbers, but maybe closer to like what Jalen Hurts has been doing this year. That's kind of what we expected from, from Allen, you know, rushing for 60 yards a game maybe. But it's the attempts that haven't really been there for him. And that's mostly because he hasn't had to, like he's been able to throw it, you know, for over 300 yards in multiple contests so far this year. And I think that they know that that's not how they're going to be able to beat a team like new England. It is going to be a grounded pound. It's going to be, you know, really just making sure that you're controlling the clock time of possession and slow the game down. Um, because the less time that you have to give the Patriots the ball, you know, the better it's going to be, especially when you're the Bills and you have a defensive line, you have a front seven that can create the pressure that they have this year. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be that offensive line that is going to be worrisome against a pass rush that's equally as good over in New England. And, and it's, 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 it's interesting, I should say, because Leslie Frazier doesn't like to blitz a lot and, and he doesn't change his defensive scheme a lot. Now without Trey, I really wonder how they're going to do this because now mm -hmm. it's Levi Wallace. He's going to have to, that Johnson kid's going to have to step up and, and it's a massive downgrade in the, in the secondary. So you're talking Poyer and Hyde. I mean, they're going to have to take their game up to even another level. If they're going to have to be what they were on the defensive back end. But I wonder if they're going to go into the typical 4-3 more often, especially in this game. Use Edmonds more in coverage. Use Milano more in coverage. This is really a very interesting game because now without Trey, the island type of corner there. And I know your wide receivers, we talked about them. They're, they're a bunch of talented number twos. 
I, I it changes everything without Trey. And now as long for me, you got to pressure and, and bum rush Mac money. If it, the, your run game to me is going to run regardless, you guys uh, can get a hundred yards in your sleep. And I think that's going to happen again in this contest, even though star comes back, he is the anchor on our run defense. But I mean, damn, this defense is going to struggle a little bit. And I, and I really wonder how, like, I wonder how they're going to play against your wide receivers where there isn't truly a number one. That's almost to your advantage because you can, you can pick up part of defense with as long as Nelson's catching balls, Nelson born Hunter Henry and whoever else you throw in the mix, put in Nikhil Harry, he'll make a, maybe one or two catches, but it's, it's going to be an interesting dynamic offensively and defensively for both squads. I, I completely agree. And it's going to be, with with Mac, the one thing that I'm not as concerned about is, you know, like with a lot of, you know, young inexperienced quarterbacks, you expect them to kind of fold under that pressure and to make those kind of mistakes. But so far this year, Mac Jones is number two among all NFL quarterbacks in completion percentage when being under pressure. I mean, he stands in the pocket, he'll take the hit, but he'll make the throw and won't try to force it too much, which is what I love. The times when he has thrown an interception haven't actually been his fault, but yet his receiver is just dropping the ball and having the, that turnover. So that's the one thing I'm really not too concerned about. It's going to be when you guys do pressure us, because it's not going to be a matter of if, it's just when, is you know how Mac Jones is going to be able to handle that pressure. And now that the Patriots offensive line has finally become healthy, that's just an even added bonus onto what's already been going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that's really strange to me in this Bills offense right now is the is the lack of usage with Manny Sanders, man. He was going off, man, between weeks three and week six. I mean, he was, what, 23 points, 10 points, 18 points, 11 points. And then it was like now uh, week eight, zero. He, he played against Miami, didn't even touch the ball. Um, what is this? Jacksonville, eight points. New York Jets, six points. Indy, four points. New Orleans, four points. Like, with change, obviously. But, I mean, this is this is not good. I don't like anything that I'm seeing right now. When you go to week nine, he had what? Eight targets. That's still good. He didn't mm -hmm. convert. Then he goes to two targets, three tar five targets, and then another three targets. That is not good, man. When when Stefan Diggs is not getting the, the workload that you typically want to see, they, there was a little bit more of a commitment in the New Orleans contest. And, man, did he cook Lattimore on that touchdown? That was one of the best routes I've seen from him all year. But the that's Beasley, right? Go ahead. I was going to say, that's something that they're going to have to do against New England and just going forward is getting Manny Sanders involved more because, like you just mentioned with those numbers, through the first, what, six weeks of the season, he was averaging six to seven targets a game. Mm. And over the last four games, he's averaged like four. You know, he had that one game where he had the eight targets and everything else, nothing more than four or five. So they've got to get him involved a little bit more. I know that Beasley's been, you know, getting a lot more targets here and there. Gabriel Davis every now and then will get thrown in. But Manny Sanders, I think, is going to be the difference maker, you know, that's going to help free things up for somebody like a Stefan Diggs. Agreed. And I mean, Dawson Knox usage is going up through the roof, too. But I mean, you got to You got to find a way to mix and match because there's no way a defense is covering all of these uh, weapons that you potentially have. But the pressure is getting to Josh Allen. And that's what I'm going to be watching right from the first whistle is if, if, if Brown and Feliciano are back, I think it's a massive upgrade. You're going to see huge uh, protection uh, improvements for Josh mm -hmm. Allen. And then he should at least have more time to throw the ball and hopefully pick apart your defense. I mean, I know Jackson's been playing lights out for New England there, so maybe stay away from him at the beginning and start to, you know, pick apart other areas because I don't want to yeah. see another interception, Josh. You've been throwing the ball to the other team lately. I don't like it. 
but I will, I will say, I mean, right now, you know, the Vegas line is bills minus three, but they're at home. So it's pretty much a pick them as far as Vegas is concerned. So, I mean, that's how close that this matchup is going to be. It's already at three. Wow. I didn't even check that when it opened. I think it was what? Six points. It was. And now they dropped down to three this morning. Whoa. Look at this. Whoa. They're trying to even us out. I don't like this one bit, man, but Hey, I think we're going to have to zoom to, to watch this game on, on Sunday. I think, uh, you know, I need to I need to swear at you while we're watching this game. I have to. <laughs> it's gonna be well. The, the Zoom will will last as long as <laughs> it needs to before one of us just accidentally disconnects. Disconnects. I'm not doing this anymore. Cut it off. But yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, you know, I win, lose, or draw. I mean, this is the game for the division, man. These two, next two games that for the Bills, like we play what two times in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, man. So this is the AFC East division crown up for grabs. I, I never thought I would say that at this point of the season. I thought Buffalo would have rolled by now. Look what you guys did to my heart, man. My, I, I'm, I'm getting heart attacks. My blood pressure is high. I'm starting to get gray hair more. And like, oh, this is not good. I'm telling you, we're, we're getting it. We're in December now. We're in December now. In December. And that's when the Patriots shine. Man, that's your Tom Brady Patriots. Don't be bringing that past in the present. It does not translate. Mac Mac money is about to bring back that tradition. <laughs> Mac money. Why did I even endorse this man? Now he's coming to pay me back. He see, literally see is coming to fruition. Nice. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Ah, I guess we got to talk about other things because there are lots of other things that are happening in football injuries, man. Some big mm. names this week on the injury list. We got to cover them because guess what, man? There's uh, what? Two more weeks left. If your championship week in fantasy is week yeah. 17, you got two more weeks to try to get into the playoffs. Likely you guys lost some of these talents. CMC, he is out for the season, Chris. We talked about him last week, I think, or the week before talking about, you know, can we really trust CMC anymore? This is multiple seasons now, consecutive seasons where injuries are piling up on the man. We, you don't get the return on investment, likely crippled your fantasy football season. He is out for the season. And I mean, with Cam Newton and company, I mean, are you really running to the waiver to pick up Chuba? Not really, because I mean, yeah, Chuba was serviceable, you know, for earlier in the season a little bit. But now with Cam, I mean, that completely takes away any sort of rushing upside that that Chuba would have had. So for me, no, if I'm if I have a top waiver priority, I'm not using it on on Chuba Hubbard. I'm using I'm I'm going to wait and use it on other guys. Hell, I'd probably use it on Boston Scott before I use it on Chuba. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, damn it, CMC, you're hurting feelings over here, man, because and you're hurting my fa- my dynasty team is what you're you know. Hurting. Fantasy you know teams all over the place. And and like you said, this is the second year in the row. Last mm. year, you know what? Sure. It was a high ankle sprain. Those are tough to get over. And then it was a shoulder injury. So you're like, you know what? That's fine. It's a fluke. It's a one-off season. It was a, you know, COVID shortened with without the training camps in the preseason. And, mm. you know, he never missed a game before that season. So it's going to be fine. And then this year, it's multiple injuries that are different. It's not even the same kind of injury. It's different injuries. So that's what's the most worrisome is that if it was the same injury, then he'd be like, okay, well, they just rushed him back. They didn't give him enough time to heal. But no, no, it's it's a different injury. So, man, is it me? Like, seriously, maybe I had uh, rose-colored glasses on before. But, I mean, when we were playing fantasy back when LT was the running backs, Marshall Falk was – I don't remember these guys getting injured as often. 
And now it's like you can't even make it half a season, 12 weeks, 13 weeks without your top running backs going down. What the hell is going on? Is this a like a substance? I'm, I don't want to go as far to say steroids because, I mean, we saw what happened with Brian Cushing, man. He was on the roids and he was constantly injured. I'm starting right. to put two and two together here that they're on some kind of substance that either the NFL isn't testing or and I don't even want to say HGH because they're testing for that shit. But I mean, mm-hmm. when you're talking about a substance uh, and I'm going to put it under the performance enhancing, maybe it's a body recovery so that they can heal faster. I have no idea. I don't have any insight. This is just my thought process because when you're seeing all these top guys go down who take a lot of punishment, who take a lot of touches and targets, there's something going on here because we did not see this. Uh, God, man, I want to even say 10 years ago, we did not see this many people dropping like flies that couldn't even finish a season. And outside of somebody like Derrick Henry, anyone, any running back these, you know, these days aren't getting the number of touches or workload that, you know, true workhorse running backs were getting back in the nineties or early two thousands. Like right. there, there aren't those Emmett Smiths or Ladanian Tomlinson's that are just, you know, Barry Sanders that are just getting fed the ball, you know, time after time after time, because they are getting spelled. You're seeing more of those, these RB twos come in. And so that's, that's the one thing with, with performance enhancing drugs, steroids, whatever you want to label it. A lot of times what happens is these players get bigger because it does. It helps them to heal a lot faster so that they can work out more often. They can work out harder. They can lift more weights. But it's also apparently for some of these guys, it's breaking them down at the same time. Now, is CMC one of those guys? I don't know. But it's starting to become a trend, you know, over the last 18 months now where we've we've seen him just continuously get injured. And it's I, I, I don't know what to expect just because. He has a he has a, a fairly good workload because he is used so much as a mm-hmm. runner and as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have to scale that back going into 2022. Yeah, I'm not surprised based on sheer workload. I mean, crap. He would a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving, and consecutive seasons he gets injured. I mean, it's not rocket science that his body's gonna eventually break down, even if he isn't on some kind of substance. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, come on, man. When did we see Emmett Smith lose miss a game? When did we see Barry Sanders miss a game? Marshall Falk miss a game, Thurman Thomas, for God's sakes. We did not see these guys miss contests. And yes, okay, right. I get it. It's a different league. It's it, they're they're into the health protocol. You know, protect your players, concussions, etc. But when you're starting to see a lot of hamstring, soft tissue, ankles rolled up, look at Barkley for God's sakes, man. Mm. The guy's legs are like three of mine on one. And I mean, the guy can't eat like he steps on someone's foot and rolls ankle. I mean, yeah, that's freak. But I mean, this is the type of shit that's pissing me off because it's like, why is this happening so frequently to the top backs, at least in this league, man? I know. And it's it's crazy because you're seeing it more and more with these running backs, these big name players that are just dropping like flies. I mean, it's when you're when you're rushing to the waiver wire and you have to choose, you know, like like I mentioned, like between a Boston Scott or somebody else. I mean, that's that's tough. It's 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 tough sledding for the rest of the season. It's tough sledding, man. Speaking of tough sledding, Dalvin Cook, man, shoulder one to three. He gets a uh, actually that's a that's a breath of fresh air for for Minnesota and uh, Dalvin Cook owners because I thought he was going to be done for the year the way he fell. I mean, it looked like it looked to me like he broke some ribs because he did not get up. They carted him off the field, uh, but mm-hmm. apparently it's it's the shoulder. I can't remember exactly what the injury was but it's one to three weeks at least you can get by with uh madison because he's been decent for you i'm i have him on my roster hopefully you guys do too um but if you don't i mean run to that waiver wire in my opinion madison should be your top uh uh waiver get this week 
Well, absolutely. And and for the most part, I wouldn't be surprised if he's an, even available on mm. waivers because of the fact that he has played so well without Dalvin Cook in the lineup. And with Madison, I mean, you know, you're looking at what he's, you know, what he's capable of doing. Um, if he's available, absolutely go get him. I would, like I said, I'd be very surprised if he was, but he should be your number one target. Yeah, 53% ownership in Yahoo leagues right now. So he he's there for the picking for some of these leagues, man. So definitely you're gonna if you have money left over in your fab money, uh now is the time, man. If you're on the cusp of making those playoffs, I think it's time to blow your load on the waiver and go with uh, go get Madison. I mean, man, did those Vikings that that contest versus San Francisco, Jesus man, they were up and then it just completely fell off. They tried to come back. And this is the Jekyll and Hyde of this team. I was promoting them, and they look made me look stupid last week. Um, but we won't talk about that, will we? No. Um, what I do want to mention is how uh, Debo Samuel has mm. all of a sudden over the last couple of weeks become the 49ers, not only wide receiver one, but RB one, because he's getting more carries than he has targets right now. It's unreal what he's doing in that backfield, man. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, you know what? Kudos to Mr. Kyle Shanahan, because... He saw some niche in that, and and it's working, man. Debo's a freaking machine. Elite status. Where are you ranking him right now if you're talking dynasty football for next year's drafts? I mean, if I'm looking for, for next year, he's easily, I mean, obviously top 10, but at just, what, 25, 26 years old, he's a legit, you know, in the conversation for being just outside of that top five, depending on how you want to build your team. Um, I, I think you could kind of fit him in, you know, right along that top five line. Yeah, it's exciting times because if Trey Lance is the guy that we think he could be, could you imagine the RPOs and everything that's going to be lit up with Trey? Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I mean, just that it's going to be scary. Very scary. Speaking of Debo, he's out one to three weeks with a groin injury. Uh, They didn't put a grade that I saw on it, but I mean, that hurts, man. I got him in a few leagues and he's been carrying some of my leagues or some of my teams this year. One to three, it's not good. I mean, if it's one, that's okay. You can you can miss them for a week, but I mean, three weeks. You're talking first round of the fantasy playoffs, Chris. Yeah, and if you don't have that first round by, you're you're without your wide receiver one. Yeah, it's gonna be tough sled, man. DeAndre Swift, he gets injured on Thanksgiving. That shoulder, he took a hard hit. He fell to the ground. I thought it was his collarbone. I thought it was game over for him as well. It is not. He is week to week. He uh, averted disaster, and they said he's a very uh, difficult uh, trend this week to suit up. Uh, the coaching staff has already said that. Uh, hard to believe, I think, is, is the quote they said. Hard to believe that he's gonna find a way to suit up this weekend, but I mean... What do you do? I mean, it's Detroit. I get it. Their offense is god awful. I mean, are you? I was hoping that that Jefferson kid was going to get back because he's he's a decent back. But uh, Olawafame or whatever his name is, I mean, he's the best option I think in that backfield now, unless Williams is playing too. Yeah, and if and if like like you said, if Jamal Williams isn't isn't playing, then yeah, you're looking at um, Jamar Jefferson. Um, and then Godwin Igwebuki, I believe is his name. <laughs> Go Igwebuki. That's, that's, there we, uh, who, don't be doing who messing a, people's names up again, man. That's not good. <laughs> who, who has a total whopping of 10 touches on the season. So, yeah. Uh, no, if I'm a fantasy owner, unless I can get Jamal Williams, I'm not touching the rest of that backfield because for the most part, Swift was only really effective in the passing game. It was only over, over the last couple of weeks where he was being much better on the ground. But for the most part, it was all through the air for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's very difficult to trust the Detroit Lions, but it is what it is. A.J. Brown, he's on the IR right now for three weeks. I know this hurts you, Chris. I mean, we had this discussion, Mm. uh, what, two days ago? And, man, 
What do you do with AJ Brown? This is this is becoming a consistency issue as well when it comes to injuries. I mean, we dog Julio Jones all the time for being hurt. AJ Brown is right in that category. All the talent in the world, grown ass man, he can he can take over games. But I mean, how much more of this can you really handle uh, as a fantasy owner? I'm ready to just give up at this point. Yeah, I mean, obviously in redraft, you know, it's one of those things where I mean he's it's tough to trust him to be your wide receiver one because of the injury concerns. You know, uh, if you're in dynasty, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, current owners want to do because he is just 24 years old. The sky's the limit for him. Mm. But like we talked about the health concerns are so severe that I don't know if you can afford having him for 11 games a season. It's too much. I right. mean, you, you're always looking at a replacement, someone to replace him. And I mean, even when he's on the field, we've seen it. Maybe it's the Tannehill effect. I don't know. Maybe it's too much running and and he's not getting enough targets, but then he has to make the absolute, his efficiency rates, I should say it that way, um, have to be like at the top for you to get every ounce Mm -hmm. of value out of this man right now, because I mean, he's not being peppered to the eight to 10 category of targets at all. And and it sucks because you know, he would take over, but the way that he plays the game, he's got to learn that, you know, fight for another down. Sometimes you don't necessarily have to go beast mode on every single damn play. I mean, if you're on the 10 yard line, catching a ball over the middle, yeah, go ahead. Beast mode into that end zone. But if you're on the sideline five yard out, I mean, just step out, man. And, and you know, save your body slim. I mean, say just 24 years old. Like you want to be able, you want to be able to play in your thirties. You don't want to, you don't have to, you know, call it a, a career and you're like 27. So yeah. yeah, just, you know, learn to fight another down and, and just save your body because the talent is just absolutely unquestionable. And I mean, in, in dynasty formats, he's easily a top five dynasty wide receiver, but if you can't stay on the field, like what's the point? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a bold statement that I might say right now, but I mean, he's creeping outside my top 10 just because of injuries. I just can't handle it anymore. It's tough, man. I mean, I'm, I'm still holding out hope, but I mean, another season of this and I might be feeling the same way you. Yeah, man, I just, I've had him two years in a row now, and it's 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 hurt, man. It's hurting the yeah. feelings. Jack Conklin, I mean, um, we don't typically talk about offensive linemen and injuries on this show, but did you see, man, that poor bastard? He comes back from injury, and he tells he tears his patella tendon and walking off the field. Yes, uh, when he stumbled. Yeah. Oh, I, I had a torn ACL coming from high school football, and I mean – I feel I felt when when I saw that that him walking off the field on the replay and and when his knee buckled and he almost fell down I literally almost got sick to my stomach because that mm-hmm. hurts it's it's like your kneecap is on your cartilage and then nothing's holding that knee together but your MCL and that MCL is just being stretched to the limit and your whole leg kind of like shifts mm-hmm. I'm going to throw up right now man you start talking I mean, I can't relate because I've never and knock on wood right now that I've never done anything like that. So hopefully I don't have to experience it. But but no, when he stumbled again, like after he was getting helped up like that, that was that was tough to watch. Yeah, it was tough to watch. But huge loss for the Cleveland Brownies. They do not look good. Baker Mayfield. I just I, he's not feeling dangerous, Chris. No danger in that man. No, yet you have to be dangerous to feel dangerous. That's the difference. <laughs> Your love for Baker, man. It astounds me. (laughs) You know what? It's week 12. Why not discuss this right now? Because it's interesting and it's the NFL draft placement. Why? Because the bottom feeders need some love too, Chris. We got to help these these fans out. These starving, starving fans. They need some love. 
And I'm here to tell you guys right now, the future looks bright in the NFL draft. As we sit today, I'll round off the top 10. You got the Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets at number four via Seattle, New York Jets at number five, their own pick, New York Giants at number six, New York Giants at number seven via the Bears, Eagles at eight, Eagles at nine via the Dolphins, and then the Panthers at 10. This is the first time I have ever seen this, Chris, where you have three teams with multiple picks and back to back on all their double picks, man. And you know what's weird is most of them, if not half of them, are all in the NFC East. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just that's an absolute just disaster right there. And it's 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 almost like, you know, OK, well, what is, what do, what do teams need? You know, you look at the Eagles. Well, just about everything, you know, um, you know, you're looking at the Giants. What do they need? Well, you know, they need a healthy linebacking core. But I mean, offensive line just it just screams. That's all. That's what they need. So it'll be interesting to see because I haven't gone as into the class as obviously anywhere near as much as you have. Um, but if you need a quarterback, this is not the class for you, or at least not in the first round. Agreed. Yeah, it, it definitely isn't the 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 year to be selling the farm. I mean, you're going to see teams they are going to reach and they're trying again to try to get a quarterback. I mean, this class isn't horrid, but I mean, you know, it's got the makings to be like a what do you a ponder and uh, who else was in that draft? Um, uh, locker ponder locker oh, remember God. those guys yeah yeah <laughs> like it, it it gets that kind of feeling like the you 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 might get one or two quarterbacks out of this uh, draft class that might turn out to be like above average to great but the rest of them they're developmental guys and, and you're gonna have to be patient with them and, and a lot of these teams like the lions the texans i mean who knows what the hell is gonna happen with deshaun watson the texans could even jump to first if they decide to trade deshaun watson to the lions could you imagine like the this is viable stuff in in this draft, man. Oh, absolutely. And when you think about, you know, different trade scenarios and what could happen, um, I think you might see more teams trade for a quarterback, you know, unless they, if they do think that they have a legit chance of competing in 2022, otherwise they kind of just, you know, pack it in and, and wait for 2023. But, but no, for this upcoming class, it's, I think it's defense. I think it could be offensive line and that's where you need to start targeting. Yeah, you're this wide receiver running back class is nice too. I do like it. I mean, for the Jets and and, and here with the Jets fans, I feel for you guys, man. You know, so much hype and optimism with Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore and Michael Carter and everything's starting to look on the up and up, and you guys still are trash. And I completely understand. Take it with the growing pains, man. If you guys are fans, stay with your club, your building. Mm -hmm. I believe in Salah. I think he is a good guy, good head coach. And with four and five right now. You can easily find two difference makers, and that's all it takes, man. When you get a good free agent class, you get two difference makers on your team, whether it be more defense, and because this defensive draft is just ridiculously loaded. I mean, uh, I, I don't have anything to say. But it's just loaded. Defensive lines, linebackers, uh, defensive backs, like just loaded with talent. And, I mean, the Giants in the same kind of degree, the Eagles, I mean – Jalen Hurts, man. I mean, uh, we, we're going to talk about Jalen. We'll, we'll, we'll sidestep these Eagles right now because I, I got some words on Jalen. But I don't know, man. The, this draft is going to be interesting, Chris. It's going to be definitely interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for after the NFL season to really kind of dive in, take a look at these prospects, you know, and, and just see what teams need what and see who may go where. Absolutely, man. That's what the draft's about. But you know what? Keep your head up, uh, bottom feeders, especially you Detroit Lions. Good God, I feel for you guys, man. Kyle, I don't know how you live, buddy. I really don't. 
we might have in to darkness, send him a care in package. darkness in darkness yeah we're, we're gonna have to send him a care package man that's why he has the love layer though you know that's yeah. like that's like a safe spot that's it's a safe true. space it's very true very true if you don't know the love layer and kyle go check out headliner gaming and then you'll know what we're talking about cam newton let's do some debating chris cam newton he says i'm back and uh one week later he definitely is back and we kind of yeah, back gave, to medi- me back to mediocrity yeah man and we kind of gave him like oh we did not expect this type of cam newton in this in his first game back and you know we kind of had to eat our words a little bit and then cam started off the game with a 64 yard bomb to dj Moore, and we're like oh Okay, then, you know, we're, we're definitely wrong on Cam. And then the rest of the game was, hey, Cam is back. And, dude, and he, he got is... benched for P.J. Walker. Yeah, man, he's done. How can I mean, he's done, done. This is this is past expiry date from what I saw. There's no coming back from this. No, I mean, like, yeah, we, we were wrong on that, you know, down his full his full first game back, you know, as a starter. You know, he played granted. He, sorry, he didn't play well. OK, he did not play well. He scored you a bunch of fantasy points, okay? And it's two different things. It's like it, like you're, what you're probably going to get into with Jalen Hurts, okay? Going to score you a lot of fantasy points, but he's not a good real life quarterback. All right, great for fantasy, but not for real life. And that's what that's what we have with Cam here. The guy, yeah, he hit he he hit DJ Moore, sure, okay. Um, but the guy just he's he doesn't have it anymore, unfortunately. He he's not the same guy that he was a few years ago. That shoulder is not okay. We've talked about it endless times. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if he even finishes the rest of the season. I, I don't know if they just decide to completely switch over to PJ Walker, um, but who knows? But I, I will say, if he does go out, I, I hope that it is in, it is, it is with Carolina. Yeah, I agree. And I, I no disrespect to you, Cam, but I mean, Jesus, it, it, it's time to say Uncle and and just pack it in because, man, that throwing motion I, on more than one occasion. You know what it is. I, I actually watched it uh, uh, with a microscope close. Like that's how, how I was watching cam. Cause I was, I'm like, there's no way you can complete five passes in a game and, and not have something wrong with you. And it's legit. Remember how he used to throw the ball. It was, he did have a, a, a long wind up, yeah. but his, his release on the top was very quick. And, and that's what was able to give him the success that he did have through the air this time around man you can see it's like when he rounds there's almost like a, it's almost robotic it's like a, a, a glitch in his shoulder as he's throwing it's almost like a double cock movement it's weird man and that's why like that third or uh, second interception i think like it, it was to howard i believe howard was behind the, the the wide receiver had the separation but because the double cock in his shoulder he was able to jump the route because he, he was able to read what cam was doing. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. What's going on with this man's arm. Yeah. The, the, the touch is just, it's not there. Unfortunately. No, it's done. It's done. But moving to better things, Mr. Joe mother effing Mixon. Let's talk about this man because he's on fire, Chris. And we all at headliner nation. I mean, Kyle was, he took, he took a leap of faith last year and he predicted Joe Mixon to be a top three running back, if I'm not mistaken, last season. Mm-hmm. He he was one year off, and well, well, you know, you give him give him the the kahunas for going to do that. But he was he was a year off, and and I don't blame you for being a year off because that tells me you kind of foreshadow and see things into into the future. Now Joe Mixon with more wide receivers. We were all Joe Mixon fans. I know I was. I know you were. Yep, absolutely. And I think what we've seen from Mixon this year is number one, you know, he's healthy. You know, he's healthy. 
his offensive line, while still not great, you know, is still he's still making it happen. Um, he's getting a ton of touches, and but it's what he's doing with those touches that really is impressive because he's being a lot more efficient, you know, with the workload that he's actually getting, whether, you know, with the snap count, he's on the field a lot more. Um, and that's, what's really been helping him. And, you know, the fact that he's now the number three, you know, running back in fantasy, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty much being like, all right, Kyle, I got you this year. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, last contest. Yeah, it was a blowout, but 28 for 165, two touchdowns, four receptions, minus two yards. So he still got you four PPR, full PPR points. But I mean, 28 carries, Chris, four receptions. I mean, even if you dial that back a little bit to like 23, kind of save the man's body a little bit. I still think he's given you in this offense as they continue to grow, as they continue to build more offensive line, Joe Burrow continues to improve this wide receiver core, no stacked boxes, man. I mean, next year redraft, what are you thinking about Joe? As we sit in week 12, is this legitimate top five potential? I think so. Absolutely. And like I mentioned with the efficiency, you know, what he's doing is, since week nine, he's averaging almost a full fantasy point per touch. And that's insane because most people during that entire span over the last four to five weeks, it's like half of that number. So again, it's the efficiency. It's what he's doing. And if I had a top five pick, I'd be okay with you know thinking about him around number four, number five. And I think the weapons that he has around him with burrow with chase with higgins with Boyd, like it helps to open up so much more of the offense and it creates so many more opportunities for him it's only going to help him going forward because that offense around him is so young yeah man and i mean you know if if i'm cincinnati i desperately look at a tight end who can not only catch, but be a good blocker as well. Azuma is a good blocker. I mean, no, no, you know, sugarcoating that or taking him down a notch. But I mean, a, a guy you can like a Hunter Henry that can block, like give me something like that on this team. And now you kind of have this well-rounded uh, machine that really you can pick apart a defense. Chase is kind of cooled down a little bit. It was Higgins week last week. It was Mixon's. Mm -hmm. But this is the kind of team that you're building in Cincinnati. And I, and I absolutely love it. I'm all for it. I was a Zach Taylor supporter when a lot of people weren't. And, I mean, this ain't tooting my own horn. I just I, I liked him coming from the McVeigh tree. And, I mean, yeah, he's not a good interview. But, I mean, neither is Bill Belichick. It doesn't matter. Wins are wins, right? Yeah, exactly. And they like, you know. What is it, you know, in golf, it says, you know, the scorecard doesn't care how you get there. So, you know, yeah. a win is a win. That's it, man. Even if you're changing numbers on that scorecard like I do. Exactly. Yeah. All you pencil, pencil people, you write yeah, it in man. a marker. <laughs> Erase that shit because I'm not good at golf. Tyler Hineke. Chris, man, I mean, after what we saw last night, I mean, I don't know how much of the game you caught. I watched the whole thing through and through. It was interesting. Um, did you, did you uh, So... So I watched the, I ended up watching the first half and what I saw was the dink and dunk show. Yes. Like just, yeah. Um, just like little, you know, little, little check, you know, check downs here and there. Um, but I mean, it was, it was the Antonio Gibson show. I really thought that they were going to incorporate McKissick a little bit more, but I mean, it was, it was Antonio Gibson and the, the Seahawks have, haven't had a very good run defense for the majority of the year. And Washington completely exposed that. Yeah, man. And I mean, Wagner was all over the field. He was trying to stop the run game. It was 
Gibby Day, and I mean, he he definitely showed what he's capable of. When you say dink and dunk down the field, I even tweeted out saying, like, this is uh, vintage Tom Brady's scheme, like uh, literally 5, 8, 10, 5, mm-hmm. 8, 9. Like, that's all I saw. But, I mean, is he the answer? That's kind of where I'm going with this. Is no. Hineke the answer in Washington, man? What do you mean no? It's week 12. What if he gets into the playoffs? You're, you're saying no already and that's it? I don't answer as far as like their franchise quarterback answer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm no, saying. No, I don't think so. I think that he is a serviceable backup quarterback that you throw in there when you need, you know, when your star quarterback gets injured. But I do think they still need to go out and find that that one that is going to lead them to a championship. Fair enough. And I mean, I only ask a question because do you continue building this defense mm-hmm. if you keep Mr. Heineke, because I get the investment in the defense hasn't necessarily worked out this year, but they're ironing it out. Things are starting to get figured out. And this is all without chase on the field. You got to start thinking, man, if you add more pieces to this defense, you have a complete shutdown unit. I mean, Heineke could be like your Alex Smith game manager. You get a couple more wide receivers and Hey, you never know. I think they could use him again next season, just because like we mentioned with this draft class, it's not going to be, you know, quarterback heavy. So I think you want to add pieces onto the defense. Absolutely. They do need to get another offensive weapon to complement Terry McLaurin. You know, we thought maybe Curtis Samuel was going to be that guy, but he can't stay healthy. So I do think they need to add another receiver, you know, where you can have Gibson McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and that other wide receiver too. Um, but definitely keep focusing on the defense. I would look into the secondary to shore up, you know, the cornerback p- position because their front seven is phenomenal. You know, mm-hmm. shore up the secondary, get that offensive line intact, and then when you do get that franchise quarterback, you'll be set up for success. Man, you know why I'm pumping up a uh, little Heineke right now because he uh, he helped Terry only get what uh, under nine points, and that's what I needed to win my fantasy game. I won by like one point three four. Thank you, Mr. Tyler Heineke, man. You better hope there's no stat correction like no, mid-week. it's already passed, man. We're good. No stat corrections. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In a win I needed desperately in that one league. My goodness. Is this the end of Russell Wilson to piggyback that contest in Seattle? Is this is this it for him? I mean, yes, that finger is is mush. We've seen it. I mean, he is not accurate. He's trying. They're not for it. Man, there were so many issues in this in this contest. This whole Seattle offense to me is ridiculous. Uh, DK didn't get a target until like the fourth quarter. Tyler Lockett, he started off okay. But I mean, Russ was how many three and outs did we see? They just couldn't get anything going. The run game is not working. The old line couldn't block a cold. I don't know, man. I mean, if I'm Russ, now's kind of the time for even both of them. Russ for a change of scenery and Seattle recouping uh, draft picks because there still is good value to return for Russ. I agree. I think that I think it is kind of the the end of the road for for this relationship. I mean, when it turns into the the freaking Gerald Everett show, that's a that's a problem. So for me, um, yeah, you know, let that finger heal. Let it become let it get 100 percent healthy move on and, and finish out your career somewhere else. And if you're Seattle, yeah, like you said, recoup some draft picks and start building towards the future because you have, it? you've got a good core, you know, you've got Tyler Lockett, you have DK Metcalf, you know, you know, figure out your run situation, you know, that, that running game, the defense is a mess to begin with. So, I mean, that's going to take a, a whole over overload right there, but um, yeah, get a younger quarterback, move on and, and figure it out. Based on value to what we know, uh, the Texans wanted for Deshaun Watson. What are we thinking Russ is worth? I mean, two firsts at mm. minimum, I would want to say. You think so? 
I still think that's going to be the, the, the market value for him. I mean, he's, th- he's 33 years old, you know, right. um, for me, I would, I would say, I think a first round sure, but I'm thinking like a first and a fourth. Wow. Getting Russ on the bargain dollar here. I love it. Man. I mean, for some, for, for a quarterback, I mean, after this, injury, but they're playing, I mean, how- they're, but they're playing to like 38 now though, Chris. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's going to depend on health, you know? Um, and Russ has been fairly healthy throughout his career, but I'm, I'm saying I'm still, I'm sticking with the first and I'll go, I'll go to a first and a third. Okay. Whoa. First and I'm second. leaving it. I'm leaving it at that. And Seattle would hang up the phone on you and say, F you GM Kennedy first and third, man. Holy. And then I'd call up Belichick and be like, you said this was going to work. <laughs> well, cause going back to the draft, when we're looking at this New York giants, man, we have talked about this. How many times where his wife, Sierra wants to go back to a place where she can, elevate her career i mean now you know she's spent some years in seattle man up in the northwest and i mean now you so go did, to work and so did, did, did the giants you know make a swap with quarterbacks and, and picks well look what they got man they got pick six and seven right now so if you're talking top 10 pick now you're one uh, first and, and potentially a second looks a lot better man i'm not giving up a top 10 pick for for russ Wow, look at nope. the disrespect for Russell Wilson it. on this show. He is going to find you, sir. Speaking of disrespectful, Jalen Hurts, man. Let's let's talk a little trash about Jalen right now because this is everything that I had feared about Mr. Jalen Hurts. And okay, fantasy-wise, yeah, he hurt you five, six points. Philadelphia Eagle fan-wise, it is becoming a pain to watch this and and okay fine you coming off what two or three game winning streak Jalen looked good the offense looked good they went back to the ground game look what happens when your quarterback who runs can't throw the ball accurately who makes poor decisions your running aptitude goes out the window because now they're going to spy you a little bit this is what New York Giants I took the Giants plus three and a half on Sunday because I knew this was coming and and uh, this, these are one of my crystal balls because, you know, you're coming off the hot streak. You're fe- you're feeling yourselves a little bit. You know, you're puffing your chest out being like, hey, you know, we got this, man. We're better than people. Right. right. No, people know what you are. And right now, Jalen, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful because I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a he's a humble dude. He's a good character locker room guy. But Chris, man, seriously, what is this man ceiling to you right now? Are we talking fantasy wise or no? I mean, fantasy wise, top five because of what he can do with with his legs. You know, Um, I mean, we saw it with we saw it with Lamar. You know, Lamar he progressed. He became a much better passing quarterback. You know, this year alone, you know, he's he's throwing for over two fifty a game. You know, there are plenty of three hundred yard games that he's had. So can Hurts become a much better? improved passer absolutely you know let's, let's keep in mind this is his first full season as a starter so for me i think he absolutely can improve i don't know if he can do it with this coaching staff um just because they just don't know how to utilize their players you know a la miles sanders mm. so i'm not ready to throw the book out on a hertz yet but for for a fantasy value he's absolutely top five because he's going to get you 60 rushing yards and possibly a touchdown every game Okay. Okay. See, see, now you come back and you just throw it in my face with a good Lamar argument. And you say, Hey, Chris, you know, Lamar did it. So why can't Jalen hurts? 
you're really going to make me adjust in my chair right now. Hey, you are you like, folks, if you could see what he's doing right now, he's <laughs> I have to adjust for the fire that's about to come out. Here. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm being facetious, but I mean, seriously, he is fantasy wise. He is a good quarterback for you. I want to say probably eight out of 10 times you'll get your 16 to 25 and you'll be smiling. No question. But how long can you sustain this? We've seen it with Cam Newton. I mean, okay. He's not built like Cam. He's not as fast as Lamar. So I mean, right. It's one of these things that's debatable for me. Like I don't hate your take and say he's a top five guy at all because he's showing it right now this year. He's, he's in the top five of, of fantasy quarterbacks last week gave him a little bit of a hit. But I mean, it is ugly to watch, man. And and if you're playing fantasy with Hurts on your as your quarterback, you're like, damn it, man, do something. Like last week, I got a buddy who's an Eagles fan, and he was literally losing his shit on every single play because he, it was just unwatchable stuff, man. I mean, it's not it's not pretty by any means, and that's <laughs> and that's not just Jalen Hurts. That's the entire Eagles offense. Just watching them is it's it's tough. And I don't care who the quarterback is. It's that that organization just needs to be flipped on its head. So yeah, if you I mean if you're an Eagles fan, it's you 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 had a lot of fun a few years ago, but it's been it's been all downhill from there. It's been rough, man. You got pieces, you got some weapons. I like that uh that huge dude on the offensive line. I think he's the left tackle right now. Like just a beast. What's his name? Maliota or something like that? Like sure. We're gonna go with that. Okay. He's just massive, man. He he like yeah. dwar- he dwarfs uh Dallas Godair, man, like big time dwarfs. It's crazy. Yeah, and Godair is a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's six five, so I mean that is that. Uh the LA Chargers, speaking of dysfunction, what the hell is one week? This is Jekyll and Hyde team. I can't trust this team. One week they're ballers, they put up like 40 points against Pittsburgh. The next week they just shit the bed. I just Dude, I'm I'm so confused with this overall uh, makeup of this team. Herbert uh, kind of to blame as well in these games that they are losing because he's not as efficient. They're not having the run game. I mean, I get it, but he's missing his wide receivers. What is going on with Justin Herbert? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the turnovers were a big problem for him. Some of the decision making that he had was just awful. And we talked about it, you know, in previous shows, it's the inconsistency with this team and Herbert specifically, that's kind of holding them back right now. Um, the offensive line, you know, certainly didn't help at all, but um, Herbert for someone who is as good as he is, he needs to be more consistent and he needs to be able to come through when, you know, the game is on the line. Is this a playoff team, Chris, right now in your mind, do you feel they are? Cause I don't know anymore. No, because you don't know which team you're going to get. You know, it's it's almost as if, you know, if I was if I were playing them in the playoffs, I'd feel damn good about my chances. Agreed. I, but see, that's one of the things. Then you're overconfident. And then Herbert drops 45 on your ass. Right. <sighs> which which he very well may do this upcoming week. Right. He's making it very hard for me to bet on them. I'm telling you that right now, man. I hate betting their spread. Speaking of the other L.A. team, the L.A. Rams, dude, three losses in a row. The Detroit Lions have a better record than them at this point in the last three games because they are 0-2-1 and the Rams are 0-3, if you can believe it. What is going on here in L.A.? Both teams shit in the bed. I mean, yes, they found Odell, but I mean, they look rough, dude. With all that talent, dream teams don't bring championships, Chris. We knew this. Yeah. And I know, I know, you know, they played Green Bay, you know, best team in the NFC. So they're, they went up against the really, really good team in, in the Packers. But still, I mean, the Rams right now were the clear cut favorite to, you know, 
battle the, the Bucks for the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. They drop these games in, in a row. And I don't know, man. I, I, I don't want to put it on Matthew Stafford, you know, but at the same time, he just makes some really, really bad decisions where it's kind of like, is this the same Stafford that we saw in Detroit? Like what, what's going on? Like what happened over the last few weeks? Um, and I think the, the loss of Robert Woods really has hurt them because that mm. was, you know, that was somebody that he could really rely on, even though he you know, only had him for the first, you know, what, nine, 10, 10 weeks of the season uh, without playing with him before, but still like cup and woods were so reliable. And then you lose woods, you bring in OBJ, you know, you have to build a chemistry in this rapport with a brand new receiver. He's relying on Van Jefferson a lot more, which I do like, mm -hmm. you know, but I just, I think it's going to take time. Um, and I think it's going to be one of these things where they should be able to get things going to end the season, going into the playoffs. But right now there's, there's some growing pains. You know, what's interesting. You bring up the Stafford in Detroit and what was Stafford's issue every time in Detroit when he was playing poorly, it was injuries. Mm -hmm. it, it was the, always the common theme. Like he, he Stafford is a tough SOB man. He takes punishment into like, if you go back to Detroit, how many times that man was playing hurt, man, 90% of the time he was playing with some ailment. And I mean, he still is out there throwing and trying to sling. I almost think that he's playing hurt that they're not saying that he actually is hurt because it's, it's, it's far too coincidental. The way that he was playing at the beginning of the season, lights out, healthy, throwing the ball, finding his wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he's kind of tailored that back a little bit, making mistakes. Throws aren't necessarily there. I, I really wonder if he's playing hurt right now. I wouldn't be surprised because yeah, like we saw, like you said, we saw it so many times in Detroit. There was one game in particular. I remember he had a, Dislocate, I believe it was a dislocated left shoulder. They pretty much like popped it back in. He went back out into the game, led his team down to a mm. scoring drive. And then, of course, and I'll never forget it. He was walking off onto the sidelines and players were like patting him on the back. And he's like grimacing in like so much pain because he just separated his shoulder. But this he's, you're absolutely right. He is yeah. one of the tougher quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, agreed, man. Uh, Darnell Henderson does pop up on the injury report. I mean, I believe it was a calf or a thigh, a, a, something in his leg. He right now is up in the air. Are you touching Sony Michelle this week if he doesn't go? No, I'm not. Um, Even running I think back I, starving teams, you're not touching it, really? I mean, I, it depends on how, how starving we're, we're talking about. <laughs> you know, like, are we talking like, like, you know, I just need like a snack to get by or like, am I hangry and I'm going to yeah. rip somebody's head off? Let's, let's go okay. in, be in between the snack and hangry because, I mean, there are some teams that are decimated with these injuries at running back. And, that, that, and, that, and that's fair. I mean, I guess it depends on how severe the injury is for Henderson um, because if he's not going to play, you know, Going up against the Jaguars, sure, I'll play. I'll play Henderson. Uh, sorry, Michelle against the Jaguars. That's fine. But as long as it's just like a one to two week fill in, why not? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's all I wanted. I know you want to talk a little bit of dynasty cells because you're you're getting a little angry over there. He started off, you know, before we hit the record mm. button. He started off. He was a little hangry himself, man. He's he's like, I got some problems with my dynasty roster, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, you're gonna hear about him. You're gonna hear about him. So let's hear it, man. What's going on? All right. So my team right now over the last year or two, complete, just absolute monster of a, of a roster. Okay. But these monsters have been injured. Okay. CMC got him. Saquon Barkley. I have him. AJ Brown. 
Yep. Also got him. So like I have all these players, you know, or those are three, but uh, where, you know, you're starting to think to yourself, okay, well, if these players just keep racking up these injuries, you know, while they're still young, you know, maybe I, maybe I look to move them. Maybe I look to move them for another younger player and a, and a pick or, or just a ton of first round, you know, equity going into future drafts. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of at the point now, like CMC Barkley, AJ Brown. Now, like, are these guys that I can, I can trust going forward? Like, can I trust having them for 14 games in a season? You know what that team name should be now? It's like the all-star medical room because that's what it is. That's all it, it is. It, it's like the, the hall of fame. IR is what it is. It's brutal, man. I'm in the same predicament. God damn it. I mean, okay. My keeper league, it's not full on dynasty. I think I've brought this up on many occasions. And, and we'll, we'll talk this out together to come up with a solution because I have a, a numerous number of these players that you have as well. But this, is, this was my week one roster on this club, and I am out of a playoff position, uh, if you can believe it. I, and I, it's just one of those things, man. Like, you just can't avoid it. Here we go. Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, David Montgomery, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Travis Kelsey, Allen Robinson. Who else did I have? Elijah Moore, Cortland Sutton. Kenyon Drake and Naheem Hines. That was my week one roster. And I was looking at this roster and I'm like, yeah, this is nice. This is playoffs, man. You know, remember how we always talk? Everyone always uh, gets the draft grade from whatever site they get after they mm-hmm. draft. Do you know what my draft grade was? A plus with a 13 and one. Do you know what my record is? Um, I'm going to go like six and six. That's generous. I am four and eight. Oh, four and eight with this team. And, and this is what baffles me. I, I mean, Barkley. Okay. He was injured. Monty lost time to injury Tyreek and uh, McLaurin. I mean, they have their off weeks, which kills you. If one of them doesn't go off and the other one does mm-hmm. like that just sucks. Kelsey's been off this year. Allen Robinson just completely shit the bed for me. So that was a wasted value pick. So you can see, I mean, the way I constructed this club was uh, it's half PPR. So I'm, I'm loaded on both ends where running backs do catch balls and my wide receivers get a lot of work as well. But I mean, when you look at the whole fabric of this team, I would, if we're doing a draft today and it's week one, I would pick the same damn team again and say, yeah, I'm doing it. Because the, the roster construction wasn't the problem. It was it was Kansas City slumping. It was the injuries down to Kyler, Saquon, Monty, and company. And then, I don't know, man, like, what do you do here? Because my keepers right now are Barkley, Hill, and McLaurin. And you lose the draft pick for where you got them. So Barkley's my first. Tyreek is an 11th. And uh, Terry's a 14th. Do I try to find... And I got Travis at the end right now sitting on reserve. So, I mean... <sighs> Do I keep and and do a do a Barkley Travis at the end and let one of my wide receivers go? Yeah, I mean that's tough because you you know what Hill's going to do week in and week out. McLaurin is he can be inconsistent. You know he can be kind of hit or miss. Barkley, who knows if he's you know it's the the health with him. You know, um, I'd almost be I'd almost right now be inclined to say move on from Barkley, you know, oh. see if you can see if you could trade him and get some value there. Oh, man. I know. Frick. And I know what we're, I know what I'm talking as we, as we discuss it, I know that I've been saying, I want to divorce with Saquon on this team. I know I've been saying it, but it's Saquon. And the minute I let oh, this I'm right man, there with you, you know, and the minute I let this man go, cause how old is he? He's 25 years old. Saquon's what? Yeah. 25. 
You know, and, and I'm going to let a 25-year-old running back who has got all-star ability to be a top-two running back in fantasy football, and I'm going to let him go because I'm frustrated with two years of injuries. Oh, man, if he blows up, I don't know if I can continue in this league. I might have to forfeit. So I know exactly how you feel. All right. In this dynasty league that I mentioned those players in, I've gotten fairly, not lucky, but I have a very good, like, deep, roster okay i'm 11 and 1 but it's made so my running backs in that league in a dynasty are cam Akers, saquon cmc miles sanders and jonathan taylor <laughs> so it's taylor that's carrying you close yeah and then at receiver it's aj brown paris campbell who's on ir jamar chase amari t higgins dk metcalf dj moore Cortland sutton rondell moore and then at tight end, I've got Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts. That's a stacked roster, man. What you got options, so you can move on from one or two and not really feel the pain. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking AJ Brown might need, unfortunately, might need to be the guy that I move on from. Like maybe I do AJ Brown and throw in a draft pick to try to get somebody like a Justin Jefferson, you know, and 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 do it that way. Yeah, I agree. I, I, that's a nice roster. I do like it, man. It's it's very nice. Ah, oh, the fantasy football problems that we have, Chris. It's uh, it's the not fantasy fun. gods. They taketh and they they giveth and they taketh, taketh away. away. Yes, they do. And this year in that league, they have continued to take it away from me. It doesn't feel good. At least I'm in the playoffs in lots of other leagues, so that helps. But back by popular demand, Chris. We haven't done this in a long time, and it was always uh, acclaimed well from the fans and the listeners. It was it was nice. So what are we gonna do? Dynasty games, baby. Dynasty games. Dynasty games. We about to as, play as you guys can Dynasty tell. Games. We don't have a song for this. Segment. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we promised uh, what a jingle it never happened. But hey, I got some names on this list for you, man. As we hit week twelve, this is this is some big baller stuff here, man. And okay, I hope you're prepared because I'm ready. You know, Kyler or Allen. I'm going. Uh, crap i'm gonna go kyler um no yeah i am um so alan yes gives you the rushing upside but he hasn't really this year um kyler gives you that one that one year age difference you know for me when it's dynasty it's all about that i like the younger players um but yeah i i like i like what kyler brings to the table and i think that he's a little bit more consistent than josh allen fair enough and i don't hate it but for me i think the bill's ascension is legitimate where I think the Cardinals could be pretending a little bit. Um, I want to see another year of the Cardinals to have uh, pure faith, even though Kyler is a baller. We see now though, with the injured ankle, not so much. So I'm going to lean a little bit by a smidge by the smallest of smidges to Mr. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson dynasty games. Dynasty. I'm still going. I'm still going Mahomes here. Um, Next year, we'll we'll see. Right now, I'm still sticking with Mahomes. You know, he has turned it around a bit. Um, but the fact that Lamar can is now getting you those passing yards, it's it's moving him up the the, the ranks quite a bit. And he's right there. You know, you know, Mahomes, Murray, Lamar, and and Allen. You know, like that's the that's the grouping right there. Yeah, it's it's tough to go away from. All, I'm almost there, man. I really am. Yeah. If if Lamar can get Bateman into the mix and and start actually being very consistent with his passing aptitude, he's been good this year. I think if he gets to that one more level where you can mm -hmm. trust him to throw the ball 25 times, 
I'm I'm all on board. I can, I don't have a problem making that change. Dak Prescott, Prescott or Herbert? I'm I'm going to go with with Herbert here again. I I want I want the younger talent. I love the offense that's around him. Um, you know, he hasn't had the the injuries. You know, up to this point. You know, obviously only his second year. Uh, but I'm going to go with Herbert. I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it either way. I think it's a good pick, but I like Herbert as well. Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow? Um, I'm going to go Burrow. Yes, you are. Yep. yep. Boom! I love it. And, you know, Hurts, yes, he's going to give you all that rushing upside. He's going to be a top five guy, you know, I think. But for me, I need I need the quarterback that I know, you know, when that running game isn't working, I need someone that's going to be able to get me points elsewhere. And this offense is just too loaded. I'm with you. Joe Burrow all the way. Mac Money Jones or Tua Tagovailoa? Oh, for, for fantasy, give me Tua. Uh, Mac, Mac Jones is not going to be a fantasy quarterback that you can rely on week to week. Tua at least is going to get you fantasy points. Mac, it's we, it's, we don't know what's going to happen week to week. This conversation likely will change. I agree with you today. This conversation to me will change if and when you guys get a wide receiver one that can make plays. Agreed. Then, then this argument gets a little bit closer, but I'm going with Tua as well. Yep. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? Um, ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Justin Fields because I don't think Nagy lasts much longer. And so we've seen what Fields can do when Nagy's not, not involved for obviously that one game. Um, but I just haven't been impressed with Trevor Lawrence so far this year. I mean, I've seen more potential and more glimpses of what we could see with fields that I have from Lawrence so far. Yeah. It's hard to argue. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm really trying. It's almost like I'm, I'm wanting it to happen more than what I'm, I'm actually visualizing on the field with Trevor Lawrence. It's, it's hard to trust him. And, and I do like the upside for fields as well. As of today, it's a slight edge again. Like these are the, by a hair man, by like a mm-hmm. pinhead. Like that's how close this is. Zach Wilson or Danny pennies. Oh God. See, if, see if, <laughs> if if you and Dynasty have to make this decision, then you're probably in like a 20 team league or super flex. You know? um, I mean, I'm I'm going to go with Zach Wilson just because I think that the potential could be there. And with Daniel Jones, like he's had so many opportunities and just hasn't hasn't lived up to them. So I'm going to go with Wilson here. Agreed. I'm no argument whatsoever. I'm, I'm out on Danny. Hundred and ten percent running back style, man. Najee or Barkley. Oh, I mean, I I want to I want to say Barkley because that's my guy. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with him just because I really do think that he's going to he's going to be what we all want him to be. Um, but I've just loved what we've seen from Najee Harris so far his rookie year, and we all loved what we saw from Barkley his rookie mm. year. Okay, so we're not gonna just make a decision off a of rookie year here. Um, but yeah, give me give me Barkley by by a bit here. You know what's funny about this one is that both teams could have different quarterbacks next season and could alter everything we know about how they're going to perform. So yeah, it is a tough one again. Barkley by a by a smidge for me as well. Najee or Vontae? Oh, give me Najee. Yes, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Until you know, what if the backfield is is going to be his next year? Vontae's. Uh, what what are we talking about? I mean, new quarterback and and full backfield with three wide receivers. Uh, it might might get close. Yeah, and I like Najee because Juju's not going to be there next sure. year, you know? So, I mean, yeah, you're going to have Claypool. You're going to have Deontay uh, Muth, who obviously is getting more involved. Um, 
But with Najee, I love how much they utilize him in the red zone as a receiver. Like, that's what I love with his usage. Yeah, I agree, man. Najee or Joe Mixon? Uh, for Dynasty, I'm still going with Najee. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm yep. with you. I'm with you. This is interesting because, you know what? I'm doing this for, for selfish reasons because all y'all who hated on me, you know, Leonard Fournette, baby. Fournette, Uncle Lenny is back. He is still a young buck, man. He's only 26 years old. And you guys, you oh, he's washed. He is not. Did you see the run he had last week? That was big boy shit, and I love it. Leonard Fournette or Josh Jacobs? <laughs> Uncle Lenny. Uncle Lenny! Yes! I'm going to Uncle Lenny over Josh Uncle Jacobs. Lenny. I love it. Oh, my God. I'm almost wet in my pants. It's fantastic. <laughs> this is beautiful. Fournette or Miles Sanders? I can't believe we're actually having this discussion. Oh, God. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Miles Sanders. Um, and I say that just because the potential and the talent is there for Sanders. He just needs a new, he needs a new head coach. He needs a new play caller who's going to actually get him involved. I'm out on Miles unless he finds himself on a new team. This yeah. is my this is my stance right now. He has to get out of Philadelphia. He needs to go somewhere else. And even the caveat on that is his injury history now is starting to become very vast. And sure. he literally cannot find a way to stay on the field for more than two or three games. I do not like it. And right now I'm going to have to go for net over miles. As of today, I'm just I have to do it. This one's easy for you, obviously, since you did Najee so emphatically. Austin Eckler or Vontae? Uh, we're going Austin Eckler. Yeah, we are. Austin yep. Eckler or Joe Mixon? I've got Eckler just a little bit ahead of Mixon here. Um, and it's because of what Eckler is going to give you as a rusher, but also as a receiver. It's interesting because I'm kind of edging towards Mixon right now over Eckler. And I and I love Eckler. I love his PPR upside. I, I, I love having my running back as, as a true, you know, three downer, you know. And, and mm -hmm. I know Eckler is that guy but is he really like the, you almost always feel like they're trying to find that one two punch the number two for him you know and they just they just keep missing roundtree jackson like they just they just keep missing and uh, i don't know I, it's just one of those things on eckler i, I love the ability love the talent but i kind of lean towards mixing that's fair i mean for me you know it's, if as an as an eckler fan like keep on missing chargers just keep on missing keep on missing no doubt man JT or Alvin Kamara? Oh, JT. Of course. JT is, my dynasty. JT is my dynasty RB1. Yeah, just had to make sure we were on the same page. Monty or Eli Mitchell? Oh, um, I'm, I'm going, I'm going Monty. Um, Eli's he's, he's right there, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Monty just because I love, I mean, I, again, I love what he can do when he's, when he's healthy, obviously. Um, but I think he's really has improved over these last couple of years. You know, Eli's one of these guys to me that he's either going to, he's going to find a way to keep going or he's going to just flame out. And, and you, you almost feel like he's like this one hit, two hit wonder running back that might, and I could be completely wrong. I really like his game, liked his game coming out of college this year, but I'm with you. I like Monty. And, and I think he, man, new, new coaching staff, show me new coaching staff. If you can utilize this offense the way we expect it to be. And that'll make me happy. You think that he is somewhat of like a James Robinson who just kind of burst onto the scene, came out of nowhere for the most part, Eli. And yeah. And this, this, this success could continue for him. I, I do. I, I, I don't see it falling off because uh, Shanahan clearly knows how to use him. 
But again, he loves his running backs, man. And we haven't seen him stick to one guy for a long time. So it's it's not only schematics and system that, that scare me, but I mean, is he really built to be a three-down guy for more than, what, three to four years until they give him a one-two punch effect? I mean... Right. We'll we'll see. I mean, I Monty to me seems like he is the guy that could command the backfield over a guy like Eli. But I mean, Eli's just killing it right now, and it's hard to hate on guys that are playing well. Wide receivers, man: Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. I'm going to give the edge to Jefferson here. Love me some Jamar Chase. He's right there for me. Um, but I'm going to give Jefferson the edge. Agreed, man. Waddle or Chase? Oh, I'm going with Chase. I'm going Waddle, man. Really. Just barely right now. Just barely. Okay. Okay. It's close. And I mean, you know what it is? It's he's just, he's so electric and dynamic playing with a guy like Tua on this offense. And you see what he's doing every week. I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. The chemistry that he has with Tua. I just, I can't handle it. That's fair. It's it's close. I, I might be crazy, but it's close. Waddle or CD lamb. I'm going CD lamb. Interesting. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm going to change my, I'm going to change my answers. I'm going to go chase in lamb too, man, because, uh, but Waddle's right there, man. He's a, he's a baller. Deontay or Terry McLaurin. Oh, I'm going Terry. I know that, you know, this year has been, it's been up and down for him, uh, but he is a legit, like number one alpha receiver. Yeah. I need, I need that QB. I need the damn QB there, man. Cause he's killing me on those weeks where he gets the seven points. I got him in leagues too. It hurts. Stefan Diggs or DK Metcalf. Going DK Metcalf. No, you're not. You're only doing it because of age. Stop it. Well, yeah, for talent, I'd, I'd taken Diggs, yeah. but for for dynasty, I'm taking DK Metcalf. Okay, fair enough. I'm. <laughs> I don't like this question. I'm not even going to answer it. T Higgins or Devonta Smith? Ooh, um, I'm gonna. Crap, Hurts is the quarterback, so I'm gonna go T Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, man. Hollywood or Ayuk? Ayuk's starting to pick up steam. He is, but I don't know how long it's going to happen. And I love what I love that Lamar and Hollywood, the season that they've been having, and I think it continues. So I'm going Hollywood. My heart wants to pick Ayuk like nobody's business. I really want to, I want Ayuk to be a thing, but I'm with you. Hollywood is the guy at this point. Bateman or Elijah Moore? Hmm. Um, well, depends if Zach Wilson's the quarterback. Definitely not Elijah Moore. Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm going Bateman here. Okay, I'm, I'm you know I'm going to gamble. I'm going to go Elijah only because I, I I believe that Wilson can be a good quarterback. He'll figure it out because Elijah's a beast, man. You watch him oh, on the field, is. just yeah. a beast. Your boy DJ Moore or Jerry Judy? Oh, I'm I'm sticking with my boy DJ Moore. I'm hoping that they figure out that quarterback situation. Because, I mean, more, we've seen what he can do with a carousel of quarterbacks. Love the love what this guy can do. I wish that DJ Moore just had a QB too. My God. I mean, this one's tough. I think you're, you're again, you're kind of splitting hairs. I, I'm, if, if, man, if Denver goes with another quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers, I gotta, it's, but it's going to be short-sighted, right? So, I don't like it, man. DJ Moore. Okay, fine. Alan Robinson or Kenny Galladay? Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we're going to go Alan Robinson because he's not going to be with the Bears next year. He's going to get a new home, Alan Robinson. What if Kenny gets um, Russell Wilson? 
I don't care if he gets Jesus. He's not gonna. <laughs> the guy can't stay healthy. Stop it, man. He's not that bad. Holy moly! He can't hey, finish healthy. it off. Finish it off here on tight ends, Chris. Finish it off. No, Kyle more. Pitts. That's the answer. That's it. Okay, <laughs> we're done. Thank you for listening. It's been a great show. Kelsey or Kittle. Um, I'm going Kittle because of the because Kittle's got like a handful of of uh, of years on him. Fair enough, and I can't hate it. Andrews or Go Dare. Oh, I'm I'm still going Mark Andrews. As am I. I like the answer. Kyle Pitts or uh, Kittle? Pitts. Oh, just yeah. emphatic. Pitts. 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 Pitts, 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 baby. The Muth or Hawkinson? Oh. I, I I'm love going, this one. I'm going, I'm going Hawkinson. No, you're not. Because we don't know who, who Muth's quarterback is going to be next year. Fair enough. But the Detroit Lions, man, they have no quarterback and they can't get him the ball. I'm going with the Muth. I'm done with Hawk until they find a quarterback. Then I'll trade for shares of Hawkinson back again. But <sighs> that's Dynasty Games, buddy. I miss Dynasty games. It was nice. It's nice to talk it about good. players. It's always nice. You know, I'm tired. Are you tired? I'm, I'm feeling a little gas this week. You know what? It's we're getting into week 13 here. Mm. All right. Normally where it's like, oh, you know, we we're, we're going to be done by the end of December. You know, and it's like, oh, no, we got till the you know mid January pretty much. So, you know, we got like we got like six weeks left. So we got to we got to just relight that fire and keep things going. The fire for watching is is fantastic. I'm just tired, man. Life gets in the way. It's just tired. That's that's just that's us getting old. That's all. God, it is. man. I need some of those steroids that these players are doing right now. But twice <laughs> you can have a, you can have a forehead as big as Peyton. <laughs> is that what happened to the man? <laughs> so actually, that that is true. I talked to a buddy what? of mine who actually like he was uh, he did a bunch of like bodybuilding, and he told me that he like was. I don't know for how long, but he was on a few cycles of steroids. And he said that he's like, when I, he's like, I'm not a big sports guy. He's like, but I, when I, when I saw Peyton Manning, when he played in Denver, he's like, <laughs> he absolutely took steroids to like help him, you know, with his health to, to prevent injuries and to, to heal faster. He's like, because that's one of the side effects is your, your forehead gets bigger. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Holy shit. Peyton, get off the roids, man. Your forehead got too big, buddy. Oh, Christ. But we'll finish this off, man, because I think I'm ready for a nap. But anyway, so on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Vineyard Remedy. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.